Hello and welcome to the fifth in a series of the You, Me and IP podcast, hosted by myself, Carlos Northen, on behalf of Northen's Media, PR Marketing Limited. We are the publishers of the Global IP Matrix magazine and the Women's IP World Annual. On today's podcast, I'm delighted to welcome our very good friend and colleague, Ray Zhao, from Unitalent, a law firm in China. Ray joined Unitalent in 2002 as a senior partner of the firm. He has successively served as a director of legal department and the director of the international trademark department. He is currently the co-chair of the Global Advisory Council, GAC, of China, uh, of Inter in China, actually. He is also responsible for providing advice to the chairman of the CEO of Inter, promoting regional policy development uh, and cross-industry communication. He is also a member of All China Lawyers Association, China Intellectual Property Research Society, and China Trademark Association, the CTA. At the same time, he is a committee member of Inter, Unreal Campaign Committee, ECTA Anti-Counterfeiting Committee, and he has delivered keynote speeches at large seminars organized by many international associations and governments, including INTA, ECTA, FICPI, and AIPPI in China, systematically introducing China's intellectual property system. Hello and welcome to the show, Ray, and thank you for being a guest on our podcast today. Uh, hello, Carlos. Thank you so much for inviting me uh, to uh, be your guest for today's podcast. It's really my uh, great pleasure. Oh, Ray, as I say, I mean, it's, it's, it's lovely to have you. Um, I'm sorry we, it's not in person because we, we, we're a bit restricted with regards to conferences and stuff. But, you know, it's great to have you on all the same. So, Ray, we're going to jump straight into it. We have known each other as friends and colleagues for the best part of a decade. Um, and you've been a regular feature in our publication, the Global IP Matrix magazine, uh, since Nero Exception, actually, in 2018. Um, Obviously, this podcast is to learn a bit about our clients, their backgrounds, and why uh, they chose to work in this fascinating industry of intellectual property. So, Ray, can you tell me, uh, uh, our listeners, um, a bit about your journey into this industry at all? Okay. Uh, I think uh, this is a really uh, good opportunity to share my story, why I chose IP. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, uh, before I, uh, you know, uh, start my uh, legal practice in IP area. I was mm -hmm. uh, uh, in-house counsel for a Chinese company before, and I also practice other uh, laws. Uh, I mean, other legal areas in in China. Okay. Uh, eventually, okay. I, I I found that um, I was not really interested in other uh, legal areas, and uh, IP at that time was just a uh, a very new stuff uh, in China. Not so many people at that time, uh, 20 years ago, they, they, they knew about something about IP. That's so surprising. I, yeah, so I, I, I feel like this will be something in the future definitely uh, will be uh, much more important. And uh, I think I should do something like this. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's why I, I try to find some, you know, uh, positions uh, in some law firms which can uh, allow me to practice IP. Yeah. Okay, amazing. So, um, have you, I mean, you said that you've worked in uh, other areas apart from IP. Where have you worked before you, you come into the industry? Uh, actually, I, uh, I was uh, practicing uh, family law before I, I do IP and uh, uh, when I practice family law, I don't really think I really enjoy that so much because uh, okay. sometimes, sometimes, you know, I got some clients who really want to uh, divorce. Uh, they might cry before you 
today, and then tomorrow they might change their mind. So I feel like uh, my position uh, is very, very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like a psychologist rather than a lawyer. So I feel like I <laughs> I need to find a, mon- a, a, a more a funny you know area to 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 practice. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So so you've been working for Unitalent for quite some time now. Um, Unitalent is a very well respected um, law firm in China and globally, for that matter. Has the firm always uh, been a law firm that with uh, focus on IP solely? Uh, that's really a good question. Actually, uh, when I joined the firm in 2002, that time uh, Unitalian also offered some services uh, uh, in other areas like uh, real estate and mm-hmm. uh, uh, some uh, contract issues. Uh, but eventually, uh, the firm realized that we need to concentrate something that we are really good at. Otherwise, we need to spend all our time and energies on different area, which we are not definitely good at all, all the things. So that will split our energy and uh, efforts. So we decide to just concentrate on uh, IP uh, uh, only so that we can do this uh, you know, area much better than before. So that's why uh, uh, you know, now we are fully IP, uh, you know, related uh, law, law firm, uh, only do everything about IP. Yeah. Okay, that, well, that makes sense. So, Ray, um, China files the most patents in the world. Would you say many of these patents are filed by Chinese businesses or Western businesses based in China? And what was the situation like for filing patents in China over the last two years during um, this crazy pandemic that we're living in? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Uh, as you uh, as you know, the, the patent filing numbers in China increased quite a lot in past mm-hmm. uh, twenty years, actually. And uh, uh, you know, we can see not only Chinese companies they uh, they uh, file more patents. We can also see a lot of international companies uh, which are not really based in China. They also want to file patents in China because, as you know, China is a really big market. So currently, both our Chinese-based companies and also in, uh, multinational companies, they are quite active in filing patents in China, but uh, not all of them based in China. And uh, the situation is uh, pretty good, actually, not really uh, affected by pandemic. We can still see the filing numbers still growing, still uh, you know increasing. So that uh, I think uh, that's mainly because uh, you know uh, our uh, Chinese economy still keep uh, you know growing as you know mm-hmm. and uh, also the market of uh, China is really huge so no one can really say uh, I, I don't want to file patent in China because I don't need the protection there because the market is really is really huge yeah okay I mean so it sounds like innovation could still be flourishing in China but have things slowed down uh, uh, in, you know with regards to innovation um, you know, due to the aftermath of the pandemic, or are things, you know, still sort of um, up and down over there? There's no any up and down. Uh, actually, uh, as you probably know, uh, in uh, September of this year, our central government issued a new uh, policy uh, for next 10 years. Uh, and uh, according to this new policy, uh, there's a, a kind of country level aim for IP. Until 2025, uh, uh, our government uh, hope that uh, all the uh, you know uh, profits related to patent will uh, enjoy 
like 30% of our GDP and the profit related to copyright should enjoy uh, like 7.5% uh, of our, our GDP. And all the uh, license uh, fees for uh, related to IP rights should be also related to uh, uh, 350 billion uh, RMB. So that's the country level uh, aim. And uh, I think, uh, 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 you know, rely on those kind of country level policy, the innovation actually is booming in China. We can see uh, a lot of Chinese na uh, uh, national companies, they invest a lot in R&D uh, in their uh, you know, own industry. And uh, we can also see some multinational companies that also set up more R&D center in China. So innovation is really booming now in China. Okay, well, that's really great to hear. I mean, because, you know, it's uh, been a bit of a crazy um, past uh, 18 months to two years now for everyone. And um, there's been a lot of businesses that um, have actually gone bust. And, and, you know, and some of the law firms that you see out there, they're, they're not doing um, really well either. But, um, you know, we wish everyone the best success and hope things actually uh, start to get better for us all soon. Um, okay, wait, so let's talk a bit about your latest article uh, published in the Global IP Matrix magazine titled Judicial Applications of Punitive Damages in China. Can you tell us uh, uh, why you chose to write about this topic and explain uh, what punitive or exemplary damages means uh, just for our listeners? Okay, that's really a good question. I, you know, as a IP practitioners in China, uh, I actually... Uh, attend so many international conferences uh, before and every time I, I will be asked some kind of same question by different uh, conference attendees uh, some questions like Ray uh, can our IP rights be protected in China uh, Ray can can uh, you know our IP rights be uh, you know enforced in China can we get damages in China so I can receive so many of these kind of questions so from those questions, you can see a lot of people, they still have some kind of, you know, uh, misunderstanding, maybe also maybe some, uh, you know, lack of knowledge. They don't really understand the practice in China. Uh, so I think that I, I, I need to pass some information to some people who really have this kind of question to let them know that uh, China does protect IP and also China provide very sufficient uh, uh, you know, measure which can allow you to obtain punitive damage, which can help you to get better protection. And the, um, regarding to punitive damage, actually it means uh, because, uh, you know, China is a civil law country. Normally, uh, if we, there is a lawsuit and the plaintiff claim damages, damages should just recover the loss, not really, uh, you know, beyond the loss. And the, the concept of the punitive damage, uh, which actually means uh, we, uh, we will not only uh, cover the loss, we will also uh, raise the damage uh, to uh, triple or maybe even five times now. So this kind of punitive damage can uh, give a kind of heavier attack against the infringers. So this can wow. help to solve the you know, conflict issues in China. Uh, you know, China was, uh, you know, uh, blamed for conflicts for years. So uh, this also shows uh, how serious uh, our government really treats counterfeits. So we really want to, uh, you know, uh, attack counterfeits in China. Yeah. Right, because that is a big problem over there because um, 
I think most of the kinds of fit, uh, goods that you see all over the world are either from China or India. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, Ray, what is the scope of application of punitive damages outside of patents and copyrights and trademarks? Uh, uh, as you probably know, punitive damage is a very new uh, legal concept in our legal system because we are a civil law country. Actually, uh, this concept was not applied very broadly in our legal system. Uh, outside of IP, uh, like patent, copyright, and uh, trademark, currently only in our uh, environment, environment protection law and also consumer protection law, we can see some similar uh, punitive damages. Uh, apart from those kind of laws, uh, we don't really see any other uh, laws. Uh, there, there are, you know, similar punitive damages can be applied. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, what factors are to be considered in serious circumstances of punitive damages? Right. Okay. The the most in, important factor for punitive damage is uh, uh, we have to show that uh, infringer is willful. Uh, what willful means? Uh, that means before they conduct this infringing act, they should know mm -hmm. uh, the 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 brand. Of 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 uh, uh, you know the prior trademark owners and uh, uh, if this uh, uh, infringer also uh, use uh, you know two or even more different brand owners trademark in the same time this also can be considered uh, you know kind of a serious uh, circumstance and also if this guy uh, not only uh, conduct infringing act uh, for just one time maybe. Next time, uh, he still he or she still continue to do this kind of infringing act. Uh, so that means repeatedly uh, conduct infringing act. This can also be considered as serious uh, circumstance. Okay. Okay. Thank you for explaining, Ray. So before we end the show, I wanted to move on to a bit about our relationship, Ray. As I ask all our guests, um, you know, we've known each other um, for best part of a decade. I mean, I think you worked with us when I was working at IP Pro in 2010-11. Um, and then obviously I set up um, Northlands Media in 2018 and you've thankfully continued to work with us. Um, you've been a regular contributor since our inception in 2018 of the Global IP Matrix magazine, um, which we are really thankful for and we really appreciate your content um, as it's been very well received um, all over the world. And um, I just wanted to ask um, yourself, Ray, um, why is it important for you to share um, your knowledge and experience through um, contributing content in publications like the Global IP Matrix magazine um, and others across the globe and, um, you know, what sort of benefits this is for you? Okay, this is a very good question. I think, uh, uh, firstly, it's because of you. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> Carlos, uh, you, you are very professional, uh, you know, in this regard and the magazine you, uh, you know, manage and uh, uh, I think uh, uh, the, the entire magazine has a very, uh, you know, high quality of different articles uh, from different countries. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think this is a very good bridge uh, for us to, uh, you know, pass the information and pass some news uh, updates in China to the rest of the part of the world. Uh, and and uh, I really like to share some new updates, like I mentioned previously, sometimes uh, Due to lack of the knowledge uh, between each other's, uh, you know, uh, some uh, companies uh, outside of China that might have very uh, little, uh, you know, knowledge about the uh, protection in China. They, 
So they really need some uh, voice from some Chinese uh, writers who really do Chinese practice to let them know what is going on in China, what kind of protection they might have, and what they can do in the future to improve their protection in China. So those will be very helpful to show that China is making uh, progress on IP side. This can also help a lot of brand owners to get better pro protection in China. And uh, I think this is the best way for me to, as a IP practitioners, to do my job. Not only uh, represent the case, uh, I think uh, I, I need to be the bridge between China and the rest part of the, uh, of the world. Yeah. Well, that's uh, very well explained, Ray, because I mean, we um, pride ourselves on working with international clients all over the world. And, you know, we are a shop window into the industry and, of course, a hub of um, informative um, content um, from all uh, many jurisdictions all over the world. Um, you know, obviously, in the intellectual property sector, we obviously are. Um, very keen to continue our relationship with you, Ray. And, um, you know, we look forward to receiving um, a lot more content from you um, guys in the future. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. You can read or listen to Ray's full article, uh, Judicial Applications of Punitive Damages in China, by going to our website, www.gipmatrix.com. Um, that article is available in print, uh, digital, and in audio format. So if you have Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, you can listen to it through there. Even Amazon Alexa will, uh, will um, uh, host it for us. Um, so I would like to thank my esteemed guest and very good friend Ray Zhao from Unitalent Law Firm in China for joining me uh, on the show today. And thank you to all our listeners for your ears. So until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. You have been listening to the Union IP podcast, hosted by Carlos Northen on behalf of Northen's Media PR and Marketing Limited, the publishers of the Global IP Matrix magazine, and the Women's IP World Annual. We hope you enjoyed the show.